At the Franklin County Sheriff's Office, our House of Corrections is a no-stigma zone. Hi, I'm Emily, and I'm an Assistant Deputy Superintendent at the Franklin County Sheriff's Office, where we recognize addiction as a disease often rooted in childhood trauma or mental illness. We support, treat, and transition the people in our care with patience and understanding. More importantly, there is no stigma in our house, and I hope you make your house a no-stigma zone, too. For more information on where you can find help, visit opioidtaskforce.org. This was so good, you need to hear it twice. Enjoy an encore episode of The Hustler Files. The ideas and opinions expressed in this show do not reflect the views of WHMP or Saga Communications. This show may contain subject matter not suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You can't undo the past, but you can certainly not repeat it. Bruce Willis. Hi, I'm Lisa Riley, and each week we're here to share stories, not just from current or formerly justice-involved individuals, but even those who might be considered underdogs in the game of life, because all of them are hustling to put their past in the rearview mirrors and start anew. And of course, it takes a village of resources and opportunities to carve that new path and prove that failure isn't final. So listen in as we unlock their future and they rewrite their story. This is The Hustler Files. Welcome everyone to this week's The Hustler Files. Before I introduce our guests, I want to provide a brief update from episode 16. I heard from our guest, Sorrow, and she was so proud to report that she's achieved straight A's for her semester. So bravo, Sorrow. Now, today's conversation is definitely, shall I say, a mindful one. Our guests today are calling into the show from within the Hamden County Men's Jail in Ludlow, Massachusetts. The reason being that our lead guest, Dan Cavanaugh, is accompanied by four currently incarcerated students who have been working with Dan inside the jail through his modified mindfulness-based stress reduction program specific to incarcerated offenders. Dan, if you could please introduce your students and then we'll get started with you. Sure. Well, it's great to be here today. We have uh, a few of us here today. We have myself. We have uh, David. We have Adrian, we have Dallas, and Jesse. Well, welcome everyone to this week's The Hustler Files. So Dan, why don't you give us a little bit of a snapshot on your background? I mean, I could read your bio, but it's always so much more fun to have you tell us. Sure. Well, I've been uh, here for 25 years involved in human services for 35. Back several years ago, I just was looking into and studying a lot of CBT. And in the CBT, I was also introduced to mindfulness-based stress reduction from my wellness director at the time here at the jail. And um, we just kind of got into a conversation about what the benefits of mindfulness was doing for us in our own personal and professional career and how much we thought that the inmate population, uh, that the men here could possibly benefit from it as well. So we, uh, we went on a journey and we chipped away at the uh, programming uh, to uh, implement some mindfulness-based stress reduction or actually mindful strategies. We all got trained in mindfulness-based stress reduction up at the UMass Mindfulness Center. And several of us also went to the Kripalu Center up in the Berkshires. So we really had a very, very strong movement in the mindfulness field. Pre-COVID, we had many staff go up and get trained. And we found that we were seeing a a big difference in the uh, climate with the uh, population, with the inmates in the pods and other programs that they were going. So what we were noticing was kind of quick 
we're noticing that the men were really owning and taking care of themselves and really self-regulating themselves in, in situations and throughout the day. And just for listeners' edification, CBT is cognitive behavioral therapy, which we have discussed before on this show. So there's a lot of new theories around CBT, and I'm sure you've studied them. What are you finding with the inmates when they come into your program? Like, what is the initial first couple of days inside your program like for them? Because I'm guessing none of them have ever practiced mindfulness or yoga or anything in that realm. Well, their first introduction into this mindfulness room that we have here at the Hamden County Sheriff's Department is a little surprising at first for them with the uplighting and the mats and the nice music, and it's very welcoming. It's a, it's a peaceful room, as you have seen for yourself. And that is a, a surprise, I think, for the men when they first walk in. Because it's an open program, the guys, when they walk in initially, they're going to see other guys modeling that same kind of uh, practice. So they will you know, basically the energy, they feed off what is in front of them and, and they'll notice that the guys are peaceful. They'll, and then they go to their mat and they follow the directive of the teacher, or the, whoever is, happens to be the meditator of that day, and ease the guys into the process, you know. And uh, the expectations that we have at that moment are just basically to sit still and to uh, be silent, be respectful of the room when they first come in. That's normally what we have is we usually have guys that cut, it's a buy-in. You know, they see it being modeled and they buy into the process itself. Is it difficult for a lot of them because they've come from such trauma-induced backgrounds and they've created trauma and they've experienced trauma? So I know meditation for a lot of people is difficult for any of us in that learning to sit and be still. And they always tell you to start off in bite-sized pieces, you know, 30 seconds, a minute, minute and a half. So I guess that's a twofold question. You know, how, how are yeah. you, how do you find them in that process and how do you get them to adjust to learn to sit and be still? Well, we know that it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable at first. And by acknowledging that during the Dharma talk, as we're speaking, you know, just to even bring that to light, that this might seem uncomfortable for you right now at this moment. And what happens over that process, eighth, ninth, tenth class, is that they're going to start to get a little bit more comfortable with the peace, with the quiet, and calming the mind. And so that soon later, when they are exposed to the chaos or some negative energy, that that becomes what's uncomfortable. So we're hoping for that kind of shift to happen. And your program is volunteer or is it mandatory for all inmates? It is volunteer. We invite, you know, all the new guys that, that are coming in, all the new inmates, we invite them. And sometimes it takes a few different invitations before they might be ready to do something like this. You know, word of mouth you know, says a lot. How many students do you typically have on a daily basis going through your mindfulness program? Right now, we average about 45 to 50 students a day that are attending mindfulness class, the SAVR class. And let's talk for a minute, that's a great segue, into SAVR. So SAVR is Stress, Anger, Violence Reduction. Where did that come from? That came from a brainstorm meeting. We were trying to think of another acronym that we could place on the mindfulness-based stress reduction to make it possibly a more appealing for the men to participate in. And so... The stress, absolutely. The MBSR, that's what it's known for, reducing stress. But it also reduces the anger and your attitude towards violence. 
So it was a great name that we came up with just about five, six years ago. I really like the name. I'm proud of it. Well, you should be. And you should also be proud of what I'm holding in my hand right now, which is a book called S-A-V-R, Transformative Perspectives from Incarcerated Men 365. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about this book? I know it's still a work in progress, but from the minute I saw it, uh, I was blown away. Well, what we were trying to do is engage those that possibly might not be engaged in programming. I'm always starting there. I'm always starting with the pre-contemplation. And the idea for this book came out of a need to reach guys that possibly might be falling through the cracks. And what I did was I went through 365 days of the year and I looked at what important famous men were born on that certain day. And then I went to look and see, did they ever say anything? Did they ever quote anything that was something that could help our guys move forward? Pretty simple. And I was pretty astounded by some of the comments and quotes that were coming out from some of the men of the past. So, you know, like from Biggie Small to Plato, from Daddy Yankee to Muhammad Ali, we have a, a, an array of men, diverse and relatable, that have said things in the past when they were going through similar struggles themselves. So we started to pass out the readings to the men, and the men started to write about it. So it was pretty organic how it happened. And next thing you know, you're looking at six months from January to June of men that were here or are currently here that have written passages about how that quote has impacted them in their current situation. So uh, we're currently working on July to December to get that complete. We're looking at probably having that finished in the fall. So the book, as I hold it here, you have the skeleton done. You have the date. You have the quote from a famous gentleman. You have a little bit about that person. And then you, in the first section that's complete, you have a question that was answered by a former or currently incarcerated person that is in writing. And in the new sections that you're working on, you you put a question that hasn't been answered or you're working on those questions. But what's really interesting, it's not the same question on each date. They're all very different. How did you decide that that was a better route to take versus just asking the same question of everyone? So I'm going to have to give credit to my team on that, Doc Frost and Tommy Rondo, in regards to those open-ended questions that they came up with. I thought they were brilliant. And that just kind of formulated. That just happened. Everything here has been so organic and timely. It became the way that we were now going to introduce this book to the inmates. Because that last question that you see in the first half of the book, that's for the, unfortunately, for the new inmate that's going to be coming in. So that new inmate is going to be able to see something written by someone as famous as Paul Roberson or, like I said, Daddy Yankee. And then they're going to see a writing from another participant of the Saver program, a former inmate or inmate at, at the time. And now they're going to be answering questions that are really specific to the writing itself. It's a nice, really healthy model for, for the guys to contemplate change. It's wonderful. And I, we have to take a quick break. So Dan, if you could hang out with us just a little bit longer and listeners don't go far, we'll be right back. You're listening to this week's The Hustler Files. You became an RN, LPN, mental health clinician, counselor, or recovery professional because you believe in the value of wellness, treatment of disease, and prevention of illness. And that also means that you have the right stuff to join the medical and mental health care team at the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. 
Making the world a better place takes a village, and even more so with justice-involved individuals. So why not consider dedicating your next career move to changing countless lives for the better? Visit hcsoma.org. That's hcsoma.org to join the team today. Welcome back to this week's The Hustler Files. If you're just joining us, we're having a very mindful conversation with Dan Cavanaugh and some of his students from within the Hampton County Jail. So I'd like to switch the conversation over, and I want to start with David. David, welcome to The Hustler Files. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So I have three questions I'm going to ask all the four of you. First of all, if you don't mind just sharing, how long have you been incarcerated? Uh, It's been about three months. And are you in for a long time, or is this a short stint? Um, right now it's up there. Um, due to my drug addiction, I had a problem with probation, so I violated. So right now I'm kind of at the, the mercy of the judge and um, going from there. Okay. Well, so, we'll you know, wish you lots of luck in your recovery journey. Knowing that Dan's SAVR program is volunteer, what made you choose to participate in his class? When I had the orientation, they talked about what services were provided here. And one of the women talked about how uh, they did meditation. And I remember when I first jumped into recovery, um, my sponsor was drilling into me the importance of meditation. And I would just meditate for a few minutes a day. And, you know, I remember him always telling me, I, you know, there's, I needed to get a little better at it. I needed to work on it more. So when the idea came up for the class, I figured, well, you know, I need to try something differently, and hopefully this could be that, you know, the answer that I've been looking for. Well, hopefully that's happening. Do you do one class a week, two classes a week? What's your, what's your allowable limit? Uh, to be honest with you, so it's Monday through Friday. I try to go every single day. It's one of the things I look forward to every single day. Uh, I usually leave work. You know, I'm working in the jail. I still, you know, leave for this program. If I could go twice a day, I would, you know, if they let me. It really does help me that much. Just because it's the idea of getting away from the negativity, getting away from the chaos that sometimes happens in the pod, and just coming to somewhere it's peaceful. You know, everyone is so polite. You know, even the, the inmates that I'm with, you know, everybody's very supportive. And, you know, we'll... We can have a little laugh and we'll talk before. And then once it gets to the time of meditation, I always leave with uh, an easy feeling and relaxed feeling, which I can take back to wherever I'm going. That's wonderful. How do you feel that Dan's class has changed you for the better already, just within the few months that you've been participating? Oh, I find myself it's a very positive way to re- relieve stress. And, um, you know, as a person who always used drugs as a way to you know, kind of that quick fix, self-medication. When I find myself in a stressful situation, even if it's just a phone call with a family member to something happening in the pod, you know, I know I can just take myself out of that situation, go into my cell and just meditate for 10 to 15 minutes. And that's what the beauty of meditation is that you don't have to be in the, you know, how how much I enjoy the meditation class in the room. I can do it in my cell. I can do it outside. I can do it anywhere. You know, as long as I have that little bit of peace and quiet, and also, too, I have a safe place. And so, you know, that's what's really what I'm taking from this class is that I don't need to wait until the morning, next morning to do, the, to do the meditation. I don't need to wait until the afternoon. I can just do it right when I need it. I've been seeing myself reducing my stress, reducing my anxiety. That's really admirable. We know that meditation and yoga and those mindful practices do work, and... 
I was so thrilled when I learned about Dan and the SAVR program. I'm going to have you pass the phone over to Adrian, if you would, and I'm going to wish you much luck and continued success so that you can recover and come back into society. And um, who knows, maybe this is the beginning of a new journey for you. So I will wish you well. Yes, thank you so much, and I appreciate you having me on. Oh, and my here's pleasure. Adrian. All right, thank you. Hello. Adrian, this is Lisa. Hey. Welcome to The Hustler Files. How are you? I'm you. Good. I'm good. Thank you. So I just want to ask you a few questions. If you don't mind sharing, how long have you been incarcerated? Um, it's 18 months. Okay. And do you have a long time to still serve, or are you getting out in a while? No, i got a long time. What made you choose to participate in this mindful class with Dan? What, what was the motivation for you? It's good. My my life is relaxed and you know, good conversation for my family and you know my stress is good so I like it for the class you know. Do you go every day? Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. If you want to pass the phone over to Dallas. Thank you. Hi, Dallas. This is Lisa. Welcome to the Hustler Files. Hi, Lisa. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. So I was going to chat with you a little bit on the same questions that I asked um, David and Adrian. If you don't mind sharing with our listeners, how long have you been incarcerated? Um, I've been in for about a year and a half now. And how much more time do you have to serve, if you don't mind sharing? Uh, with good time, I have about a year left. What made you choose to participate in the SAVR program? I know it's volunteer. Well, a few years ago when I was brought in on these uh, charges, um, it was around the time of COVID, and there wasn't too many programs available. This program was available to us, and I actually picked it up and I um, started meditating. With me taking this course, I've learned a lot. I've, I've definitely learned a lot. Um, it's helped me with my thoughts. It's helped me with my communication skills. And, it, and, and it's been a big help for me right now. Do you participate every day? Yes. And how do you think it's changed you for the better so far? Well, I've actually found some type of peace um, since I've started meditating. It's actually helped my communication since being incarcerated with loved ones, uh, my girlfriend, friends, um, being in a place like this can be a little stressful. Yes, I, I completely have heard that before, so I can imagine. I personally was blown away when I first saw the program and met Dan and got to see the, the meditation room. Well, I wish you much luck in your continued recovery towards coming back into society and your reentry. I, I hope that you do get off some time for good behavior. And uh, I really appreciate you joining us today. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Hello. Hi, is this Jesse? Yeah, last but certainly not least. <laughs> well, good for you, Jesse. Um, uh, yeah. This is Lisa. Welcome to the Hustler Files. Um, How are you, Lisa? I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Oh, no problem. So I've asked everyone pretty much the same questions. And just to give our listeners sort of an overview, how long have you been incarcerated? Right now, I've only been here for uh, three months. I'm in the pretrial phase of my case. Okay, and so you don't have an actual sentence I yet? I don't have an out date, no, I don't have a sentence yet. And because 
this program is volunteer. What made you choose to participate in it? So I am heavily involved in Alcoholics Anonymous, and part of um, my many years of recovery, uh, meditation has always been a big part of my recovery. So when I was asked, uh, when I was offered this program, it was a pretty much a no-brainer for me. It helps me with that that moment between action and reaction. It just gives me a chance to just uh, just think about what's going on, the situation I'm in, and just help in and just take a step back from whatever situations arise. So previously, you said you've been in AA. Um, was was meditation always part of the recovery for you, or is this something new? So it's always it's always been there in the back of my like I my I've had sponsors who always told me that you know start with five minutes, and I always thought they were crazy. But in the last um, five or six years, I've really honed in and tried to craft my my skill in, in meditation and. I'm in the second phase right now of the SAVR program here, and it's the 45 minutes, and um, that I can get through the 45 minutes just focusing on breathing. Any thoughts come into my head, I push them out, and um, just really it's just about me me focusing on feeling my body on the mat, feeling the breath, and that's it's been pretty successful for me. Has the book itself been helpful to you? Yeah, I love I love hearing the quotes, especially from from the other inmates. Uh, it, it gives me a perspective of what they're kind of going through, and it gives me a little food for thought for the day because it's it's how my morning starts, and it just really gives me something to think about throughout the day. Well, it sounds like the class is changing your narrative, which is really it is exciting. absolutely that's awesome. And Dan's a great guy; he helps me out a lot with it. So, well, I wish you all the best, and hope that you are able to not spend too much time behind the wall and can get out and start over again with a new lease on life and continue your meditation on the outside as well. That means the world to hear that from you, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Well, I wish you all the best. And if you could hand Dan back over, that would be great. Absolutely. Have a good rest of your day. Okay. Yes, you too. Thank you. Have it. Bye. So, Dan, nice to have you back on the phone with us. Thank you for having those gentlemen with you to share their experience with the SAVR program. It's very enlightening, and it's always good for our listeners to hear from people who are incarcerated, just to set the tone of what the perception could be. So I have one quick final question for you, and then we're going to have to move on to the end of the show. But I ask all my guests um, that I'm a believer we all have life assignments. And if I say to you, what was your or is your life assignment, what would you tell me? I would say this. I would say what I'm doing right now is what I'm supposed to be doing. It's what I'm here for, you know. So, uh, yeah, this endeavor is, uh, it's not work, and it's nice to... Do we lose you? No, no, no. Just a little choked up. uh... You're changing lives. It's the purpose. Yeah, it's the purpose. Well, you have a great purpose. Now, when you see guys doing what they're doing and uh, getting back out there and doing the right thing. Well, you should be very proud because you're changing the narrative, as I just told Jesse, that he's changing it for himself, but you're changing it for a village. And I think that's amazing. So I am sad to say that we are out of time. Dan, thank you for coming to The Hustler Files, for sharing your program, sharing your book. I'm excited to see when the final product is done in the fall. You also 
cued me in on that your next project after you finish this book is going to be one from the women's jail? Yes, we're doing the female book, and then we're going to be doing the recovery book as well. So we're looking forward to that. Well, thank you for having the courage to share some of yourself and bring some of your students with you to share some of their selves. I think, like I said earlier, your program is just bringing such value to so many people's lives. So thank you for joining us, and you and I will chat soon. Thank you so much, Lisa. Good day. You too. And we'll be back in a minute to wrap up this week's The Hustler Files, so don't touch that dial. There's more to come. Ever thought of being a correctional officer but not sure you'd qualify? Listen up. Be at least 19 with no age cap. Already a social worker? Social workers make great COs. No previous experience? That's okay. We'll train you. Full-time positions come with excellent health, dental, and life insurance, a pension, and other benefits of a state job. If you believe people can overcome the worst chapters in their life, then you've got the right stuff to be a correctional officer with the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. Visit hcsoma.org to join the team today. We are back. And to close out this week's conversation... I thought it appropriate to share David, who was on the show with us a little bit earlier, his writing for the upcoming second half of the Saver book. And this writing from David will be included on the July 5th date. July 5th actually is the birthday of Bob Proctor, who is a motivational speaker. And David writes... In my current situation, it is important that I fully understand and apply the teachings that I have learned in my meditation classes, such as responding versus reacting. By working on all aspects of my life, body, mind, and spirit, I can be grateful for what I do have in my life. With intention, by being fully present and aware, I can see positive moments throughout the day even though I am in jail. Today, I will begin my day by going to my 7.30 Saver meditation class to work on intentionally slowing down my mind. After class, I will periodically pause, take a breath, and focus on what I am grateful for. I will continue to observe myself not engaging in negative interactions. Thank you, David. And that's a wrap for today. It is my hope that the stories and the changemakers we share each week will release limiting beliefs around incarceration and the stigmas that follow those once released. It is only through storytelling and education that we can activate change. I also want to welcome to the show our new producer, Jess. I am so excited to work with her on The Hustler Files. Also, a huge weekly thank you to our guests and advertisers for their support. Now, don't forget, you can find this show and all of our shows on the WHMP.com podcast page and also on any of your favorite podcast sites. If you'd like to reach out to me with any questions or comments, you can email me at lisa at WHMP.com. And make sure you have a wonderful week ahead. And remember, don't be ashamed of your story. It will inspire others. See you next week right here on The Hustler Files. became an RN, LPN, mental health clinician, counselor, or recovery professional because you believe in the value of wellness, treatment of disease, and prevention of illness. And that also means that you have the right stuff to join the medical and mental health care team at the Hamden County Sheriff's Office. Making the world a better place takes a village, and even more so with justice-involved individuals. So why not consider dedicating your next career move to changing countless lives for the better? Visit hcsoma.org. That's hcsoma.org to join the team today. 
I'm Lisa Riley. Join me every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on WHMP as we share stories that shine a light on justice-involved individuals or just underdogs in the game of life, their struggles, their successes, and the many resources and opportunities available for those who are hustling to carve a new path and prove that failure isn't final. Join me every Saturday at 9.30 a.m. here on WHMP. 1015-1400-WHMP. News, information, and the arts.